On this week's Capital Stock Podcast, we talked to former Capitals Carl Alsner. Is he going to continue playing in the NHL? Would he maybe come back to Washington? Who knows? There's a lot of questions up in here. Maybe he just wants to be on the podcast with us permanently. Great interview with Carl Alsner coming up. Not to mention a look back on his time with John Carlson and what he's like off the ice. A ton of stuff we got with him today. That's coming up. JJ Regan, Nick Ashew, Capital Stock Podcast. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Nick Ashew and JJ Regan, a good thing the sanity is at least prevailing when it comes to the NHL and, and things are progressing nicely. We were certainly worried a couple weeks ago even things would be a lot worse. But it's more important when we have your former Capitals. and th- This time of year, it's really nice to kind of catch up with you know guys that either used to play for the organization or whatever the case is. And Carl Alster is going to join us today, and I, I know there, there are a lot of memories when it comes to Carl Alsner, J.J., though I do think of him leaving just one year early. It's like the one mistake that he made, but you know, he's, he's one of those players that is really just ingrained in Capitals fans' minds. Oh, for sure, because he's such a nice guy, and he played here for so long, and, you know, it, it was – a guy that everyone is rooting for, a guy who left who everyone still roots for. You know, you still see when you go to the, to the arena when they play, guys get whooped every time, former Caps, and you go, like, this guy was here for a year and a half. Why do people care? Why, why are you guys heckling him? Alzner is not a guy that anyone will heckle ever. They love him. Everybody loves him. He's just the nicest guy in the world. I find it funny when you say, hey, now's the time to catch up with these people. You mean December? Yeah, yeah. It's the time yeah. we do every year where we catch up with these people. Because yeah, it's nothing's going on in nothing, December. Nothing's the same in 2020. If there was ever a year to go fast, thankfully this year at least felt like it flew by because every day feels the same. And the NHL offseason is in the middle of December. Who knew how it would go? Uh, but coming up, we'll talk to Carl Alzer and ask him really about what it was like dealing with the weird 2020 and the season that he dealt with. Did not play when they had the restart. Uh, Braden Holtby leaving the Capitals, what uh, Alex Ovechkin was like as a teammate, all those coming up with Carl Alzer next. And we bring in the former Capital Carl Alzer now here on the Capital Stock Podcast. And let's just kind of look back at 2020, which I know is something nobody really wants to do, if we're being honest with ourselves, given the year. But uh, you, you, didn't, you did opt out of the postseason. I'm sure it was just weird for you overall. You played in the AHL, you played in the NHL, and then you had this, this restart just Looking back, can you even put it in perspective what 2020 was like 
from a hockey standpoint and heck, I mean, even for you, just a life standpoint. Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to just think about how it's all gone and where we are still, you know, we're still without really much direction. It's just a little bit strange, I think, but uh, yeah, I just, it was an up and down year. Um, I, I thought things were going, you know, smooth with my team down in Laval. And then next thing you know, I, I ended up getting a call and it was the, the most interesting and, and heartwarming way to find out that I was, that I was getting called up to. It was kind of neat. The coach called, called everybody into the dressing room and um, just went off on this, this speech. It was kind of, it was super uplifting. And the next thing you know, he ends it by saying that I was getting called up and the whole dressing room just jumped up and started going crazy. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Let's, let's do this. So we'll get a few games in. And the next thing you know, that gets kind of shot down again. So it was, it was really, really strange. And then the restart, um, I mean, obviously it went off without, without a hitch and, and, and no tests and positive tests, but um, the reaction from some of the players wasn't so great. So I was, I was pretty happy with my decision to, to stay home with my family, enjoy summer and um, just go about my own business. It was, I had a feeling that we were going to be cutting ties with the team soon too. So um, it was it just worked out the best, I think in the end for me. Yeah. So you mentioned you've cut ties with the team. So what's next for you? I know everything seems a, sort of a standstill now as we're still in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, uh, are, are you looking to play this year? Are you looking to life beyond uh, the playing career? What, what's next for Carl Alsner? Oh, I'm definitely looking to still play. Um, that's number one goal. I, I have a few things that I'd really like to try and accomplish uh, my hockey career before, before we end it. Um, at the same time, I'm, I'm realistic. I know that the free agency market's uh, hurting big time right now. There's still tons of guys out there, guys that have, uh, that are fresh off of playing full seasons in the league. So um, a lot of, a lot of, I guess what I'm leaning on is my, my history of playing in the league and what people, uh, remember that I've done and, and hopefully still believe that I can do. Um, that being said, my, my advantage going into free agency was that I'd be taking a, a team friendly deal, but it turns out lots of guys are taking team friendly <laughs> now. So, um, it, it's a little bit more difficult. So, um, I'm still training the same way that I would be preparing for a season, uh, but without a start date a concrete start date and uh a destination city it it makes it a little bit tougher to uh to be i guess as intensely motivated as you would typically be so um that's where i'm at with that if if things don't work out i've got a few irons in the fire i'm trying to trying to see what my options are um but i mean i love hockey love to love to stay in the game if i can so um i don't know i'll cross that bridge when it comes but right now i'm, I'm banking on still playing yeah, it's been definitely a weird offseason for, I mean, for every sport, and clearly the NHL, no different. You mentioned the start date and where that's going to go. We, we watched really a lot of changes with the Capitals organization. I mean, the core is still there, new head coach, and then obviously one key component is not there in Braden Holtby. You were teammates with him at Hershey and in Washington. What's it going to be like to not see him with the Capitals organization? And I am curious, too, what is the deal with this, this turtle thing, the tortoises or the turtle, and, like, couldn't get through customs? Can you explain what that whole situation was? Well, I'm probably not the best person to explain it, but <laughs> I, I did talk to him a little bit about it, and it was just, uh, um, I guess, a lot of times when you're when you're bringing, if you haven't really had to cross the border and move a whole lot across the border, not really realizing that there's um, import paperwork that you have to fill up, but also export paperwork, and uh, 
for something like a, an animal, like a tortoise, I guess maybe it's a little bit more intense than a vehicle or something else that, that you would typically see crossing the border. So um, you got to figure it out. I mean, that one of the best things about being in a, in a city for so long is you make some pretty good connections. And um, I know he leaned on a guy that, that's been around the, the team for a long time and just so happened to have those connections that he, that he needed. So um, he got lucky there, but it's going to be strange, very strange to not, not see him in the pipes there. And, and also strange to have, uh, have Lundquist kind of being there almost, you know, as a replacement, I guess, um, because I had some pretty good battles against him, but you know, Holtz is going to be, he's going to be fine. I mean, I, I think he's pretty happy. He's got a couple of the old chums, as we used to say, in Vancouver that uh, that'll make him feel pretty comfortable but you know it's, it's good for him I think he's probably ready for a fresh start and I'm hoping that that Vancouver is a place and if I get to play great if I don't get to play then I'll be pretty close where I can go and uh, go and watch all those guys play that's it's a bonus for me well that's one of your former teammates and Brayden Holtby but another one of your former teammates John Carlson really has exploded the last couple of years you were his line mate for a long time in Washington did you see this coming? Did you know when you were playing with him that he had this kind of potential to be one of the best defensemen in the NHL? I yeah, I always thought that. I thought so to be honest. He's he has everything that you need to be a great defenseman. Um, super athletic, uh, sees the game really really well. Um, confidence. He's one of those guys that um, you know some guys if you if you get on them too hard then they just kind of shut down. He was always the guy that the, the harder you were. You were on him for after you know bad shift or bad period. The the better he seemed to respond. So um, that's something that's very very hard to teach. Um, so I was always impressed by that. And I could you know you could see him and him and Todd were working so closely before practices and trying to figure out how to get him to that next level. You know Todd had had uh, Chris Letang in Pittsburgh, and I think he did a lot of really good work with him and took him to to the level he was at. So I think he, he saw that in John and, uh, and they were working at it and it gave him the freedom to go out there and, and do whatever was necessary to, to get to that point. And so um, I'm not surprised. I wish he would get more recognition and, and, and he is, I'm sure in, in the DC area, but even just around the league, you know, um, with him not winning the Norris this year was, um, you know, disappointing for me, you know, it wasn't even me in the running, but it was disappointing for me. Cause I want to, uh, I want to see those guys get the credit that they deserve. There's a few guys in Washington that, um, sometimes get a little overshadowed just because of, you know, when you have the, the best goal scorer of a generation on that team, it's, uh, it sometimes kind of soaks it all up, but, um, there's a few players and John being one of them that I think deserves the credit that, uh, that he's been, he's been finding a way to, be the top defenseman in the league, in my opinion, for a few years now. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to Ovi because you can't have a conversation about anything Washington Capitals and not talk about Ovi. But I, I am curious because what you mentioned is actually a very similar conversation we had when it came to John Carlson and, and you know just not getting enough attention nationally, the attention that he deserves. But what is he like just as a teammate off the ice? Because we obviously see you know, what he's like maybe after a game in an interview, which you're only going to get so much out of somebody, which is understandable. You know, we see what he's like on the ice. But what was he like just as a teammate and somebody that you just, almost, you know, be around when it had nothing to even do with hockey? Yeah, Carly's a great guy. He's one of those all-around type people. Um, just it bugs you sometimes that he's so good at certain things or seems to know just a little bit about everything. 
um, you know, ask the right questions. And, uh, you know, I, you really admire somebody like that who can, you can kind of just throw him into any situation and he's going to be athletic enough to, to figure it out. Um, so that, I think that's something that's, that's pretty darn neat. Um, you know, I always had some, some great battles with him and, and, and pretty much everything that we did. And, uh, a guy that really pushes you to the next level outside of hockey, little crosswords or ping pong. It doesn't, doesn't really matter what it is. So, um, he doesn't, he doesn't really give you too much, um, of his behind the scenes life, but, um, you know, I, I've always been impressed with just his willingness to, to be a good friend, um, help us out whenever we needed something, whether it was driving something out to us half an hour away, 45 minutes away, just to drop it off. That was something that he would do. And, uh, um, yeah, like I said, you just don't, you don't get to notice that in a, in a 30 second interview after a game. Uh, another player who's a little bit of an enigma somewhat is uh, another teammate of yours, Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, this guy, you, you came in when he was young and he was blowing up the league and everyone loved watching him. And you left at a time when he was starting to mature a little bit and turn more into not just a leader by example, but I think a leader uh, in the locker room. What was it like seeing you were, you had a front row seat for the changes in, of Alex Ovechkin's career from that young guy who scoring goals, trying to do the hot stick celebration to the real leader. What, what was he like as a teammate and how did you see him mature? Yeah, that was, that was a really fun ride to be a part of. Um, I, he, he had so many entertaining moments throughout his career. Um, something that would make you laugh every single game um, and something that would also make you drop your jaw every single game pretty much. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And yeah, and seeing him mature, like he had some great, um, I think Russian influence at the beginning with Kozlov and Fedorov being there. And then, you know, as, as those guys kind of moved out and, um, we, the team ushered in some, some young Russians, um, with, with Orly and Kuzi. Uh, I think that was probably something that, that helped him, uh, move to that next level, just realizing, um, that that was his job now, as well as being the captain of the team, uh, with all the pressure uh, that he has on his shoulders for the Capitals, but also for for Washington sports, um, I think is something that is hard to imagine for a lot of people. And uh, also, it's you know it's with it's, it's with most most athletes, but I think Russians especially they're 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 very into legacy, and uh, his legacy is something that. Uh, will will live on for a long time, and and hearing people compare him to to Crosby and and Stanley Cups and this and that, um, I think also just gave him a, an extra boost to realize that you know he was that important to that team, and he was going to have to do everything possible and and round out that side of his game. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I wish I could have been a part of that that run, but just hearing from the other guys uh, how he was, how Kuzi was um, during that that playoff run. I mean, it sounds like it came full circle. Yeah, you were still a lot of part of great memories and a big part of this Capitals history. When you look back on your time in Washington, what really stands out, whether it's just stories, memories, whatever it is, when you look back on that time? Well, after playing for another team who that didn't enjoy the same amount of success that um, we did in, in Washington, um, it, it, I don't think that it's necessarily a specific game or a play it's just uh, the the vibe that we had in that dressing room um, from a practice day to a game day to on the bench, the confidence and the, uh, I guess, just the expectation that we were going to win and not only just win a lot of these games, but 
a lot of times crush some, a lot of these teams. I mean, going back to the, we had a stretch, I think, where we scored six goals in like five or six games straight and beating teams 6 nothing, 6-1, 6-2. It's just like go, thinking about that and how much fun it was to come to the, to the rink for practice because we had won the night before and maybe the night before that. And for games, knowing that uh, we were probably going to have a good night, that was, that was something that was really, really fun. Coming to the rink every single day, enjoying, enjoying yourself. Um, I, just, I just don't think that many guys get that experience for that many years. Well, listen, if, if you play this year, certainly good luck. And if you move on to wanting to talk about hockey, you're more than welcome to be on this podcast whenever you want, man. Really appreciate the time. Open invitation. Open invitation <laughs> for you. Well, thanks a lot. I'm a huge podcast listener, so I'd love to be a part of a podcast. It's, uh, well, it's a dream. There you go. Well, really appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. I'm glad he brought up JJ the point about John Carlson just really not getting enough attention nationally because we've had that conversation a lot and we're going back to really the end of the delayed season and and wanting to see him just get just get recognized nationally because here in DC we know what John Carlson brings to this team but you don't see that enough around the country and in the end like we can say oh well it's fine as long as we know we see it we care but it's also nice to see the great players on your team, in this case the Capitals, getting recognized for what they do around the country and around the rest of the league too. Yeah, absolutely. John Carlson and Carl Alsner were, were line mates for a long time. Uh, they were a tandem back there. So it was interesting to get a look into to Carl Alsner's views on the guy, especially because Carlson, he doesn't get his no, enough recognition, but Carlson also does isn't quick to jump to the camera he he's not someone who likes the limelight it seems all that much and when you talk to him you, you'll ask him a question you get a lot of well i don't know about that i don't know about this <laughs> there is a lot of that it, right? it's hard to get it's hard to get a feel for who the guy is or anything like that so it's interesting to get a, a look at him and it's also good to hear Alzer's opinion hey this guy's not getting enough attention because this guy's sitting in the, in montreal the heart of ho- the hockey world and he's sitting there and saying, yeah, he, he really isn't getting the recognition he deserves. Yeah, and that was completely unsolicited when he said that, too. So clearly, we've been right saying that from the beginning of this, which means everybody else is listening to this exact podcast, and they understand that this is where the logic is, JJ. It's right here. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I do feel bad for him, though, man. Just one year too soon. I mean, it happens occasionally, and, and I don't blame him. You go back, and he, he, one of the things he talked and he certainly – brought it up in this interview it's not like he shied away from it the fact that he wished he could have been part of the run and of course he left and I remember the quote was he was tired basically tired of the playoff letdowns with the Capitals and wanted to go a place that he could win and then Montreal was horrible and the Caps won the Stanley Cup that year so it's you, you because he is such a nice guy you got to even feel worse with that situation business decision it happens this is sports this is life he wouldn't be the first or the last to go through this but, I mean, you just want to talk about timing. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, I, I think the two people who Cats fans feel the most sorry for are Carl Alsner and Nate Schmidt, two of the nicer guys of the game, yeah. two guys who left a year too early, maybe a little bit from Marcus Johansson too. But no, Yarmir Yager, come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Uh, he's, got, he, he's won enough cups that has enough accolades. <laughs> two of the nicer people in the games who, who just left too early. Um, and it just – you know, it stinks that it didn't work out for Alsner because it was, it, it, like you said, he's the nicest guy. And even the story about uh, when he got called back up to Montreal, 
about how the coach got all of his teammates together and they yeah. were all real happy for him. Like this isn't a prospect who was getting his first call up. This was a guy who has an established NHL career and all of his teammates are still that excited for him. That speaks to how great of a guy he is. It's just not, it's not that he comes off really nice on a podcast. It's not that he's always smiling on, on camera. That's just who he is. He's just this genuine, nice guy who everyone roots for. And it's tough that it worked out the way that it did. But as you said, he doesn't shy away from it either. And he's not, you know, feeling sorry for himself. He was congratulatory to all of his teammates. He's told that story many times about how much he still talks with his teammates and how happy he was for them. So just a real good guy. And hopefully if he does end up staying in the league for a few more years, hopefully he's a guy who'll get his ring. Listen, I, I hope he keeps playing. Not that he didn't already get paid. So he's perfectly fine if that's the case. Uh, but the fact that he is so honest and didn't shy away from that tells me, like, I wasn't lying when I said this. He's got a future doing what we're doing. Like, he can come work with us. And he was, you know, he, there, there is certainly a future there. Because that's the one thing. Like, there are certain players, you know, and former players that don't really want to have a conversation, don't want to ruffle any feathers. Not that he was ruffling any feathers in any way, but he was very honest with everything, which tells me, like, look, whenever, you do, whenever your hockey career is over, you can still work within the business and do exactly what we're doing right here. Uh, if you can be that honest and that nice at the same time, it's hard to get mad at him. So, yeah, yeah. maybe he does have a career in this business uh, <laughs> where everyone just wants to get mad at everybody else for all of their opinions. Now, that's, this is what it is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's what Twitter does, right? People are always so happy on Twitter. It's just a wonderful cesspool of BS. So, uh, thanks, Carl Alzner, for joining us on the podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the Capital Stock Podcast, uh, make sure you do. We will be back next week. And who knows? Maybe we'll, there will be something that will break and – We'll have an emergency bonus podcast and we'll have a date set for the NHL. But until then, for J.J. Regan, I'm Nick Ashby. We'll talk to you next time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.